Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I'll be reviewing 1995's Jury Duty. Hey guys, welcome to the show. This week I'm going to be talking about Jury Duty from 1995, but before that, it's the return of Things I've Watched This Week. I got a lot of good shit that I watched this week. One is something I didn't intend on watching. I watched a documentary on Netflix called White Boy. It's the story of White Boy Rick. Uh, I think his name is Richard Worsey Jr. He was supposedly the cocaine kingpin of Detroit. He was a white guy, a white teenager, uh, and he got sent to jail for most of his life for supposedly selling all of this cocaine, right? Uh, so they also they also made a movie about him. It was called uh, it was called uh, White Boy Rick. They made a movie about it. Like Matthew McConaughey was in it. You know, I haven't seen the movie actually. I have to. I actually have to, have to go back and uh, watch the movie to see what they get right and what they get wrong. Because you know, movies are fucking. Uh, <laughs> you know how movies are. They 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 like to tell. They like to tell a fictional fucking story. Even when it's a true story, I'll see how I, I'll see how that goes. But anyway, um, it's a very it was a very very interesting documentary. It's a documentary that I actually want to watch again. I have a lot of I have a lot of like rewatchable documentaries. The three the two for me so far are The Last Dance, of course, uh, which I'm kind of growing out of that because The Last Dance was like what that's like a year ago that came out now <laughs> and like they got the crack documentary on netflix i i watched a crack documentary about like three times already uh i also like this docuseries called hip-hop evolution i like that too i watched that i watched those over again a lot too when when i get some time but um that's a couple of other documentaries up there I want to watch Kid 90 again because I don't think I really absorbed Kid 90 the way I was supposed to absorb Kid 90. So I want to go and watch that one again, the, the one about uh, Soleil Moon Fry um, from Punky Brewster. Uh, but uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, but like this, this, this documentary has a lot of rewatchable qualities. Uh, just the story, just the story of it is fascinating. You know. <laughs> about this kid and a lot of people and there were a lot of people uh really debunking a lot of people that were like real drug lords they were like really debunking uh white boy rick they were talking about yeah man this dude wasn't really no drug kingpin really (laughs) you know (laughs) it was like it was pretty much saying that it was a uh a persona that uh the fbi and the detroit pd put on this kid so they could keep him in prison pretty much because they interviewed like one of the biggest drug kingpins in the world i'm not in the world but in detroit johnny curry and he was talking about yeah man that little dude wasn't that little dude wasn't moving weight like i was moving weight he was saying like he wasn't no kingpin you know (laughs) like that's just something like that's just something that they made up you know 
to like make him like the, to make him so notorious that you want to keep him in prison. Um, pretty much is what Johnny Curry was getting at. Uh, but the main story of this is it has to do with Johnny Curry because Johnny Curry was married to the mayor of Detroit's niece. Her name was uh, what was her name? God dang it! I had her name. I remembered her name, and I also and I forgot it. But uh, I think it was uh, Kathy. Was it Kathy Curry? I think her name was Kathy Curry. I hope I'm saying that right. I forgot her name already. But her name. I think I remember her name was. I think her name was Kathy Curry. Yeah, he was married to. Uh, I think her her name was Ka- Kathy Volson. Kathy Volson Curry. That was her name. That was Kathy Volson Curry. Um, he was, Johnny Curry was married to her, and she was the, uh, the niece of the mayor of Detroit, uh, Coleman Young. He was, he was the mayor at the time, he was a black guy, a very light-skinned black guy, (laughs) and his niece was dating one of, was married to one of the biggest drug lords in Detroit, which was Johnny Curry and his brother, uh, they were the Curry brothers. Uh, he had a brother named thing. His name was Leo, and they they moved a bunch of weight. <laughs> they moved a whole bunch of weight. Uh, like we like we say in New Orleans, buku. They moved buku weight <laughs> in uh <laughs> in Detroit. Um, and it was it was just amazing that the mayor knew about this and he let his niece she had to be his favorite niece because he took care of her very much he took care of her like she was his daughter um and like he let her go out with this drug lord and even marry him um and even protected him he protected Johnny Curry anytime Johnny Curry wanted to sell drugs he could sell drugs in Detroit Coleman Young didn't give a shit. Uh, he had so much, cause Detroit is a pretty. Detroit is a black city. Detroit is a very black city. It's up there with like Atlanta, uh, Washington D.C., uh, my city, New Orleans. Uh, it's a very black city. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of other cities that are like that. Uh, those are like the most. Those are like the most notorious black cities you know like where it's just like like 90 or 80 percent black people you know <laughs> it was like you're not you're not gonna find you're probably gonna find like a 20 percent population of white people in all of those cities you know when it comes to big cities uh when it comes to like big cities is detroit it's uh that i can think of off the top of my head is detroit is atlanta is washington dc and my hometown of new orleans louisiana uh biggest black blackest cities in the u.s but um yeah he just let like so like there's a lot of black there's a lot of black uh people in positions of power in these cities because there's a lot of black people in these cities and we put these people in a position of power but in the end of the day they don't do shit for the community, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, they don't do shit for the community, and it's sad, my, my city, New Orleans, Louisiana, is one of the most corrupt cities 
you ever want to live in. You know, like it's it's terrible. Like we we've had a black mayor uh since the what since the 1970s. I want to say since the mid 1970s. There hasn't been a white. There's like one. There was like one white mayor in the middle of all of that. It was uh Mitch Landrew, uh, and th- his uh his sister was a senator, Mary Landrew. Uh, those t- like those two are the only like one of the few white politicians that we have. But uh, Mitch Landrew was the mayor of New Orleans for a little bit after uh think after Ray Nagin I think he took over for Ray Nagin Ray Nagin's are what did a sentence in prison or is still in prison for I think like embezzling money or some shit <laughs> you know like, he, he did he did some shit um he uh he, like he had him then after before him it was uh Mark Moriel uh then uh before him it was Sidney Bartholomew, I remember, in my lifetime, in my lifetime, because before that, I think, like, Mark Moriel's father was the mayor or something like that, I think, like, he started that, like, in the 1970s, like, in the late 1970s, the early 80s, he was the mayor of New Orleans, but, like, there hasn't really, there hasn't been a lot of, like, white people in power in New Orleans, (laughs) but the thing about it, the black people in power, and even right now, we have our first, like, female, uh, uh, New Orleans has its first because I don't live there anymore. <laughs> so like I'm not gonna say we, but because uh, I'm not a part of I'm not a part of the the community anymore. But uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, we, they have their first like female black mayor. Uh, uh, what's her name? I oh, goddamn like Ken, her last name is Cantrell. I forgot her first name, but uh, but like she's the first female black mayor of New Orleans, and it's just corruption all around in that goddamn city you know <laughs> corruption galore in that goddamn city like like i said you got black people on top and they don't do shit <laughs> I was like just like detroit detroit seems like they have black people on top and they don't do shit have you been to detroit have you seen what detroit looks like detroit looks like fucking beirut you know <laughs> just dilapidated homes i think like those they're like the biggest uh cities for foreclosure you know like houses you can't even like houses that people can't even like fucking maintain i think uh i think it's like i think they say it like you could buy a house for cheap in detroit it's like the cheapest home market and but the house is like all dilapidated and shit like who wants to live there um but it's the thing of, I think it's a thing of keeping the house is another story because of all the foreclosures that go on there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fucking corrupt ass city, man. It's a corrupt ass city, Detroit. And it's ran by black people. And it's sad because we should be in a position of power and making things right. You know, (laughs) you know, not using it for corruption that's i'm gonna tell you i'm telling you all this because it leads back to white boy rick uh, uh richard Worsher jr uh because i don't believe he was put in prison Listen, hear me out i don't believe 
he was put in prison for running keys. I believe he was put in prison for this. And I'm going to explain it to you. Because they raided, uh, I believe they raided Kathy Curry's, Kathy Volson Curry's house. I believe the FBI did. Because uh, apparently uh, White Boy Rick was an FBI informant at like 14 years old. And he, they raided Johnny Curry and uh, Kathy Volson Curry's house. And who happened to be there in bed with Kathy Volson Curry but White Boy Rick? White Boy Rick was having sex at 17 years old, by the way, with a grown woman. Uh, named Kathy Volson Curry. By the way, she's a grown woman. I want to say maybe late, mid to late 20s. He's 17 years old, right? And she's, sleep- she's sleeping with this boy. You would think she would be in prison for statutory rape. <laughs> also, but she didn't go to prison for that. I think she went to prison for the drugs. Uh, I, I, I kind of did some research on her a little bit. I think she went to prison for the for the for the for running drugs. But she didn't. I don't think she did that. I don't think she did that much time. But um, so this is what I'm getting at. I don't think that white boy Rick went to prison for the drugs. I think he went to prison for sleeping with the mayor's niece, <laughs> and he's paying for it. He's paying for it like a motherfucker. Uh, cause like this dude been in, this dude been in jail for what? I think he went to jail in 1988. So he, he was in jail for like what? I think he just got released recently. So he was in jail for like what? 30 years, 31 years. He spent 31 years in prison. I want to say. And he spent 31 years in prison. And they, I think they were punishing this boy for sleeping with the mayor's, for sleeping with the mayor's niece. And it was simply because he was white. I think that was what it was. They were like, this white boy fucking my niece. That's probably what Coleman Young was saying. He was like, put that boy in prison for the rest of his goddamn life. Sticking his white dick in my fucking niece you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's how I, that's how I felt that's why I felt that this wasn't about no drugs it's some personal shit it was some personal shit and everybody because Coleman Young I believe he's like long dead but everybody that continues on with him you know like continues power like they know him they know Coleman Young and they've been continuing his legacy of keeping this boy now grown man he's old enough to be my dad now uh they've been keeping this 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 young they've been keeping this dude in prison just carrying on Coleman Young's legacy of keeping this dude in prison cause even um there was a police chief uh Gil Hill I believe his name was Gil Hill if you don't know that name you may know him from the Beverly Hills Cops movies uh, he played uh, Axel Foley's uh, chief 
in uh Beverly Hills in the Beverly Hills Cop movies. He's in on it. And like he he kept white boy Rick in jail for a long ass time. And I think it wasn't until he passed away and uh they had like this other DA who kept him in prison, but then she thought about it and like all these other people are gone that were involved in this shit. They're like gone or long dead. And all of a sudden now she she pardoned him and now he's out of prison. White boy Rick's out of jail. You know, they they fucking railroaded the shit out of this boy. <laughs> you know, they, they railroaded the shit out of this dude for the longest time. But anyway, yeah, if you want to ch- if you want to check out the documentary, it's a fascinating documentary. Even though I told you a lot of things that happened in it, still a great watch. I'm not telling you really everything that happens in it cuz watch it it's on netflix you know go go watch it it's it's an amazing documentary it's an intriguing fascinating documentary now let's move on to uh falcon let's move on to falcon and winter soldiers this is like episode three i believe sorry i had to whip my whistle a little bit uh <laughs> but uh, let's move on to, uh let's move on to falcon and the winter soldier uh we, we're on episode three this episode was, I'm not gonna lie, like, the first two episodes are a little slow. Uh, the first episode was was slow. The second episode, like, they're going, like, all I'm gonna say is, like, they're taking their time with this. Third episode, this one had a little bit more action than uh, episode one and episode two, because I think episode one and episode two only had, like, one action scene apiece. I want to say, and the rest of it was just dialogue. This one had a little bit more action. Uh, it's Sam and Bucky uh, going to see Baron Zemo as Baron's and uh, Bucky for some reason let Baron Zemo out of prison. He he helped him escape from prison, and Sam is totally against this. Right, Sam is totally against it. It's like, yo, man, what this dude doing here? <laughs> you know, like, why is he out of prison? And I don't blame Sam for that because I don't trust Baron Zemo. I I don't trust Baron Zemo as far as I could throw him. You know, um, Baron Zemo is that type of dude. I didn't even because like they were in a lot of enclosed spaces. <laughs> with Baron Zemo and I'm like dude I wouldn't even get I wouldn't get in a car with Baron Zemo I wouldn't get because like Baron Zemo has a private jet because he's like a because he's a Baron you know like he's rich and I wouldn't get on a plane with Baron Zemo I wouldn't take anything he drunk I wouldn't take like a drink from Baron Zemo I wouldn't take any food from Baron Zemo I wouldn't do I would take shit from Baron Zemo I don't trust fucking Baron Zemo is what I'm trying to get at, <laughs> and uh, they do a lot of shit with this dude, and like he hasn't like totally turned on them yet, but it's coming. Sharon Carter's also in this episode too. She's kind of jaded, <laughs> you know, like she's jaded about all this uh, uh, saving America shit because she's still on the run. She was talking because she was talking to Sam and Bucky. She helped save Sam and Bucky from uh, these like. I believe like these arms dealer people or some shit and she helped she helped them out and she's pretty jaded 
about uh what happened to her because like she stuck her neck out for the avengers and she's like it didn't really get her anywhere she's on the run she can't even go back to america you know she was like she's like i've been on the run she was like because i'm not an avenger <laughs> they didn't pardon me <laughs> what she said they didn't let me go i can't go back to civilization and live a, and live a normal life or be a hero because i'm not an avenger pretty much she was like kind of jaded about that shit so oh uh, so like we got that she's kicking ass in this uh, episode man she's pretty good this is the best sharon carter's been it's the best that character has been throughout like all the marvel movies and everything this they really really fleshed out her character in this in one episode of falcon and the winter soldier than they ever done in any of the captain america movies or any of the avenger movies you know they, they really did flesh her out uh but yeah other than that we got uh yeah uh, we got the other cap and Battlestar doing bullshit, you know. Like they're not even the most interesting characters in this in this whole goddamn show. Honestly, I can't wait for Sam to fucking take the shield away from this dude. <laughs> I know there's, there's been a lot of hate on the John Walker Captain America, but I'm not feeling him. You know, like he. he, he He's gonna go rogue. He's gonna go psycho. I, I believe at, at some point he's gonna go crazy. But uh, looks like he's already kind of reaching that point, even in this episode. But yeah, man, I'm not really feeling him. I can't wait for Sam to take the fucking uh, shield away from him. And we only got three episodes left of this show, and so I hope it's soon. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's fucking soon. Uh, cause like, I feel like they're just going to do it. Like, I think he's going to take the shield away from him in like the last episode. <laughs> cause there's too much other shit going on. Cause like they, they, they broke out Zemo. Um, they broke out zero. They found Sharon Carter. Uh, Sharon Carter helped them. Uh, they got to fight. They still got to fight the flag smashers. Uh, Zemo finally put on the mask, by the way, he put on the mask for uh for uh for action scene which is obviously a stunt man which is why he put the goddamn mask on but uh <laughs> they always do that we're like oh mask on because this is not me in the suit you know <laughs> stunt double uh <laughs> shit. they always do that shit but uh yeah man it was, but yeah man it's too much there's a lot of shit going there was a lot of shit going on in this episode and then we end with the Dora Milaje, one of the members of the Dora Milaje, I forget what one she is, she's that, that fine one with the big booty, uh, god damn it, ooh, ooh, not the Nigerera, she's the other one, the one that was like, move, uh, you will be moved, her, I forgot her goddamn name now, I used to know her name, cause I was like, damn, she fine, uh, what a, <laughs> I forgot her name, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot her name, I don't know why I forgot her name, but she shows up at the end, and Bucky sees her, and, and he's like, and she's just like, I'm here for Zemo, pretty much, she's like, she wants to either kill Zemo, or bring Zemo back to prison, or back to Wakanda, you know, because he did kill the king, let's not forget that, they also mentioned that in this episode, that he did kill King T'Chaka, uh, and it was the Black Panther that brought him, that finally brought him to justice, 
you know, so like the, the Wakanda is like we got big stakes in this dude uh, being brought to justice. So, <laughs> and I guarantee you, man, I guarantee you. I look at that and I was like, dude, if Chad was still alive, man, if Chadwick Boseman was still alive, that would have been him. I don't know. I don't know when they shot this, but I kind of feel like I kind of feel like they shot this when Chadwick was in bad health or when he was about to die. I don't know how else to say it, but when he was about to die, um, I feel like they shot that around that time. Or when he did die, I don't know. I don't know the time frame of when they shot this shit. But I, I just have a sinking feeling. But like, if like Chad was still here, that would have been him. <laughs> you know, like that would have been him at the at the ending scene, and that would have been so fucking dope. You know, <laughs> just to see the Black Panther show up before his movie, because uh, the, the 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 next Black Panther movie is coming out in 2021. Unfortunately, Chadwick won't be in it because he passed away unfortunately uh but and i still i still say recast but it looks like they're not gonna do it oh that's not something else i wanted to talk about fucking anthony mackie i love anthony mackie fellow new orleans boy but he he needed to shut the fuck up about what chadwick boseman wanted you know there's a lot of people that need to shut the fuck up about what chadwick boseman wanted you know because there was another uh there was another article I, i read it was like Chadwick Boseman wouldn't 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 have wanted this way. He wouldn't have want us to recast Black Panther and some other shit. I was like, you don't know what the fuck Chadwick Boseman wanted. Cause even Anthony Mackie said that shit. I don't think he would have wanted us to recast the character. He did that character so well uh, that there's nobody else that can play the, that can play that character. And I'm like, dude, do they say that about Superman? Do they? Because there's certain actors that play Superman. Christopher Reeve. It's every time I think about Superman in the movies, Christopher Reeve is the Superman that I think of. I don't think of anybody else. I don't even think of George Reeves who played him before that. I don't think of George Reeves. I don't think of Dean Kane. I don't think of Brandon Routh. <laughs> I don't even. I don't think of Henry Cavill. You know, I don't think of any of those guys. What's that new guy that plays him on the TV now? On the TV show? Uh, God damn it. Uh, what's his name? Tyler or something? Whatever the fuck that nigga name is. I don't think about him. I don't think about Tom Welling. Uh, I think about Christopher Reed every time I think about fucking Superman. Uh, same thing with Batman. I think of Michael Keaton. You know, I don't think of Adam West. I don't think of Val Kilmer. I don't think of George Clooney. Christian Bale, Ben Affleck. Everybody else that plays Batman. I don't think of them. I think of Michael Keaton. You know, Michael Keaton's not my favorite Batman, uh, honestly. But every time I think about Batman on the big screen, or on the small screen, I think of Michael Keaton. Uh, same thing with Spider-Man. Even though Tom Holland, I think, is the best Spider-Man, he'll probably go down in history as the greatest Spider-Man. St- people still think about Toby. You know, but the char- what I'm saying is the characters move on. You know, the characters move on. No matter, no matter if that actor's dead or alive or whatever, Christopher Reeves, Christopher Reeves dead. You know, people still go on playing Superman. Uh, uh, Michael Keaton's like sixty-five years old. He can't play Batman anymore. You know, <laughs> you know he can't, he can't put that suit on anymore and be convincing 
as a Batman, even though I think they're going to try to do it, but still, <laughs> like, he's too old, like, he's, like, 65 years old, he can't, he can't convincingly play Batman anymore, um, say if they were, like, Toby, Toby Maguire's, and Toby Maguire's in his 40s, can he be Spider-Man, you know, I've heard rumors that he might come back, but, uh, in his new Spider-Man movie, but, uh, but still, you get the point, the character moves on, uh, Mahershala Ali is playing Blade. You know, a lot of people are salty. It's like, it's like they only get salty when it's the black superheroes. You know, <laughs> it's like people only get salty when it's the black superheroes getting replaced. Because even with Mahershala Ali playing Blade, people are still like, "Dude, I want Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes needs to play Blade." I'm like, "Well, Wesley Snipes is 60 years old now, bro. You know, <laughs> Wesley Snipes is 60 years old. You want to see a 60 year old Blade? Really?" You know, do you really want to see a 60-year-old Blade? Bruh. Uh, uh, but, like, I think Mahershala Ali's gonna kill it. I think Mahershala Ali's gonna be a perfect Blade. Even before he was Blade, I was saying, you know what? That dude should be Blade. I said that. My wife can vouch for me. We were watching, like, an episode of, like, True Detective or some shit. And I was just looking at Mahershala Ali, and I was like, dude. That dude should play Blade and not, like, maybe a, a couple months to a year later, they announced that he was playing Blade, you know? <laughs> and people were fucking butthurt about it. Oh, uh, man, why? Why ain't they gonna get a new Blade? Why can't Wesley come back? I was like, because he's fucking 60 years old, bro. That's why he can't come back. Uh, <laughs> he's 60-something years old. But, uh... Yeah, man, it's like they only, like, people only get salty when black superheroes get replaced. You know, because, like, they're like, oh, my God. Like, just now, it's like, nobody else could play Black Panther. Really? Nobody else could play Black Panther? So, in the whole concept of Black Panther, who is a, uh, I do, I used to say this a lot. <laughs> He's an intellectual property. Uh, who is an intellectual property, just like Superman, just like Batman, just like Spider-Man, just like Blade, you know, if you want to get a new Iron Man, you could do that, he's an intellectual property, you know, he <laughs> was like, if you want to get a new, they, they replaced Daredevil, and nobody complained about it, like, he's an intellectual property, uh, they, they, they got a, they got a new, they had a new Ghost Rider on Ages of, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, nobody seems to complain when white superheroes get replaced, they only get, they only complain when black superheroes get replaced, for some reason, I don't know why, but, but yeah, like, I'm like, Black Panther's an intellectual property, he's gonna get fucking replaced, he needs to be replaced, give another young actor a chance to play this character, there's probably a kid, there's probably a kid growing up right now that loves Black Panther, probably disappointed because he's never going to get to play Black Panther if he wants to become an actor there's probably a kid out there like ooh I'll, when I grow up I want to be Black Panther I want to play Black Panther and now you just crushed this kid's dream <laughs> of playing Black Panther you gotta understand you're like, like Chadwick Boseman is not the be all end all of Black Panther this, this character has to move on the 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 the, the character to King T'Challa has to move on, and I get so passionate about this, because I love Black Panther so fucking much, and it's a bunch of, I'm just gonna say it, it's a bunch of ignorant niggas ruining Black Panther, 
You know, I'm just gonna say it. There's a bunch of ignorant niggas ruining Black Panther. You know, and I hate it. You know, I fucking hate it. Just coming out their mouth. No, you know, Chadwick wouldn't want. And I'm like, you don't know what the fuck Chadwick wants. Shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> you just shut the fuck up. And if you want to do a fucking business model, if you want to be business, the character should move on. You know, but I'm getting heated. You know, I'm getting fucking heated because I hate when fucking stupid ass niggas come out of their mouth and say, oh, Black Panther shouldn't be recast. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's stupid. It's fucking, it's the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard. But, uh, cause like, I like, I like I say, I like, I get passionate about this. Cause like pa- Black Panther is one of my favorite fucking superheroes. I've been a Black Panther fan since I was like nine years old. <laughs> you know, I loved him in the comics. I loved him on like, I loved him when he showed up on fucking Fantastic Four. The car- they had the 90s cartoon. And I saw this dude and I was like, okay, this dude's my favorite fucking superhero now. <laughs> I remember. And I've been a Black Panther fan ever since. Ever since I saw him. I thought he, like, I thought he had the coolest look. Like he had the coolest moves. He's smart. Like, he's intelligent. He runs his own fucking kingdom. You know, like a, a secret kingdom. I was like, that. I always thought that shit was badass as a kid. And now you want to take that shit away from other kids. And you want to take that shit away from me. You know, who's been waiting all my life to see this character on the big screen. As soon as the actor dies, you're like, oh, we need to retire the character. Fuck you. Okay, fuck you. We don't need to retire the character. I hope... Kevin Feige comes, or oh, whoever runs Marvel after Kevin Feige comes, uh, after he's retired or something like that, comes to their senses and say, you know what? We need to bring this character back. We need to bring T'Challa back. You know? Because I think it's the stupidest shit I've ever fucking heard. And Anthony Mackie, I love Anthony Mackie. I'm not calling him an ignorant nigga, but that was some ignorant shit to say. <laughs> you know? like That was some real ignorant shit to say. You just jumping on that fucking bandwagon, you know, but at the end of uh, Winter, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I felt like that could have been Chadwick Boseman was gonna show up, and that would have been so fucking dope to see T'Challa show up before uh, Black Panther uh, 2 comes out, if he were still with us, you know, but like I said, you need to, they, they really do need to recast that character, cause like, I'm probably not gonna go see Black Panther 2 the only way they could do that is, is if they do, because, like, I've been hearing rumors about, like, that guy from that show, which is Bridgerton, he's gonna be the new Black Panther, if they go Casper Cole, if they go Casper Cole with it, which is, like, the second Black Panther, uh, if they go with him, maybe I might watch it, because I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, I didn't hate Casper Cole, you know, I didn't hate him, but, still, man, I was like, if they, because, like, if they go Shuri, or Killmonger, I'm not watching that fucking movie, I'm not paying this, I'm not paying to watch it anyway, I'm like, I might watch that shit, I'm gonna watch that shit on, like, fucking Disney Plus when it comes out, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm not paying, I'm not paying a ticket to go see that shit, you know, I'm not paying to go to the theaters to see that, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, (laughs) but yeah, man, but like, I just, like, at the end of that, I just felt like that could have been him, moving on, I had a big ass fucking rant, (laughs) And the rants are gonna continue when it comes when it, when we go to this fucking uh, review. But anyway, let's move on to the next thing I gotta talk about: Godzilla versus Kong. Watched it last night with my wife. Uh, 
I thought it was alright. I I heard a lot of good uh heard a lot of good uh reviews about it. Heard a lot of good reviews about it. And I watched it and I thought it was okay. You know, it wasn't the best fucking movie ever. I thought it was better than King of the Monsters. Uh, I didn't see the 2014 Godzilla. I didn't watch that because I heard a lot of people saying like, yeah, you don't got to watch that one. You can skip that one. Uh, not better than Skull Island though. <laughs> like, Skull Island, I think out of all four of these movies, because I think Skull Island fits in there. Out of all these movies, I think Skull Island's the best. It's got the most entertaining. The humans are more entertaining. You know, um, it's got it's got the most action. You know, there's not a dull, there's not really dull moments in Skull Island. There's dull moments in King of the Monsters. And there's dull moments in Godzilla vs. Kong. Because towards the middle, I started dozing off. I was about to fall asleep. Honestly. Uh, I was trying to keep myself up. <laughs> I was trying to keep myself up. But I, I, I kind of dozed off a little bit. I still I still followed it, but like it, it was hard. It was hard to keep my eyes open. And, but yeah, uh, when the fights happen, that's when I, that's when I really got the fuck up because the fights are good. The two times, cause there's only two times, the two times Godzilla and Kong fight, they're two of the best fucking fights in this whole goddamn, uh, franchise. I gotta say two of the best fucking fights I've ever seen in this whole goddamn franchise. And then spoiler alert, Mega Godzilla shows up. Good fucking fight. Good fight. Um... I don't give a fuck about anything that the humans are doing. You know, I, I could give a shit. Because uh, the Godzilla humans are the most bored fucking humans you ever want to meet. <laughs> they are. Like I said, the Kong humans, the ones from Kong Skull Island, they were pretty interesting. They were pretty interesting fucking humans. But the Godzilla humans are so fucking boring. So boring. But uh, Brian Tyree Henry's in this movie. You know him as Paperboy from Atlanta. He was like the only interesting human, and even he was kind of dull. You know, <laughs> you know, because like, he was trying to be. He was kind of like the comedy relief in this movie. But he was like smart. He's like the smart comedy relief. But even he was kind of. And they kind of they had the kid from uh, Deadpool two in here too. He was kind of like the comedy relief too. Those two were together with um with uh what's her name Millie Bobby Brown, and. I just don't give a shit about the humans. I'm just gonna say it. The Godzilla humans are so fucking boring. They were, they were way boring in King of the Monsters. So fucking boring in King of the Monsters. Uh, but yeah, man. I really ain't got a lot to say about this movie. Like I said, I thought it was an okay movie. Skull Island's still the best out of all four of these movies. Uh, like I said, haven't seen the first, the 2014 one. But like I heard, I could skip it. I heard it's not anything to write home about. I heard it's pretty fucking... I heard it's like the most boring Godzilla movie out there. But uh, anyway, yeah. it's pretty much it. If I was the if I was the great Godzilla vs. Kong, I'd give it a 3 out of 5. Honestly, it's middle of the road. The two fights are good. The three fights are good that they do have. <laughs> the three fights that they do have, they're good. Um, the two fights with Kong and, Kong and Godzilla, and then like the fight with Kong... Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla, good fights, you know. But other than that, there's nothing to write home about. 
I'll be back with my review of Jury Duty after these messages. Alright guys, welcome back to the show. Jury Duty from 1995. Let's get into this review. Let's talk about how I saw it as as a kid. Uh, I saw this movie on cable pretty much when I was a kid. Uh, I think Showtime. I think this movie used to come on Showtime a lot as a kid. I remember watching it a lot as a kid. And I also remember being a Pauly Shore fan as a kid. I don't... I was a kid, you know, like, you you can't blame me for what I liked as a kid, which is why I'm doing this podcast. I'm judging what I liked as a kid, you know, and just putting it on trial pretty much as I, as I sit here, you know, looking back on nostalgia pretty much. But anyway, yeah, but Pauly Shore, if you don't know who Pauly Shore is or how big Pauly Shore was. Uh, Pauly Shore was pretty much like the Logan Paul, I might say, the Logan Paul of the 90s. You know, if if I had to gauge anybody, and Logan Paul's an actor too, but he's mostly known for YouTube, but he's the Logan Paul of the 90s, pretty much. He's like really, obno- he was really obnoxious, he was really, you know, uh, like wealthy, you might say. He was really, really wealthy because uh, he was because like he was the son of the owner of the comedy store, uh, Mitzi Shore. That was his mother, and so like he was very privileged, is what you might say. He's like a lot like Logan Paul. Logan Paul's very obnoxious and very privileged, and he does things that he thinks is funny but really offensive. That's Paulie Shore, uh, you know, in a in a nutshell. Um, and he had he had like a good seven years where like you couldn't escape him you know like there was a good seven years I want to say from 1989 to about like 1996 or 1997 uh good like seven or eight years where you just couldn't escape you just couldn't escape Paulie Shore you know <laughs> he was fucking everywhere in everything, you know, like, dude, dude was like a fucking, dude was like a fucking rash you couldn't get rid of, he's like an STD that you couldn't get rid of, you know, <laughs> he was like, her, he was like herpes, you know, it's just like, it's just like, you, you, you think you got rid of him, but it flares up again, you got the poly shores, but, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get into this movie, because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this goddamn fucking movie i'm just gonna tell you off top it's a piece of shit but anyway <laughs> i'm just gonna tell you off top but anyway let's get into the let's get into this review uh the movie was directed by john fortenberry he didn't really go on to do a lot um the script was written by neil token barbara williams and samantha adams written by three people it has a rotten tomato score of zero percent zero you got a zero percent. Polly Shore also won a Razzie for worst actor for this movie. I never really get into like Razzie shit or awards and shit, but this had to be noted that he won a Razzie 
for worst actor. Can't make this shit up. Uh, the movie had a budget of $21 million. It did not make its budget back. It only made $17 million at the box office. So this is a fucking bomb. Let's get into the plot real quick. Uh, Pauly Shore plays Tommy Collins, an unemployed stripper. Yes, I said unemployed stripper. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> he lives with it, who lives with his mother. But his mom goes on vacation with her boyfriend and takes their mobile home with them. So Tommy doesn't have a place to stay. And he uses jury duty as his because he gets a jury duty notice in the mail and he uses that as it is as an advantage uh this movie was pretty much like the last gasp of Pauly Shore this is when a lot of people were starting to uh get tired of Pauly Shore's bullshit really <laughs> they were they were tired of this dude they were realizing hey man this this dude sucks you know because <laughs> he did this and then I think like the next year he did Biodome and he was he was fucking done. I think he had a sitcom in 97, I remember. And that was pretty much when he was done after that sitcom. It was like, mm, Pauly who? You know? <laughs> and I want to tell you, man, like this movie was such a fucking chore to get through. Such a fucking chore to get through. Because like, I look at the movie, I look at the movie and I understand, understand what they were trying to do. You know, like this was because this was supposed to be like a spoof of like high profile court cases like the OJ Simpson case and the um, then they, like, they were making fun of like court TV and shit because like 1995 was pretty much the rise of court TV, like televised like uh, trials and, like without that, we wouldn't get like the Michael Jackson trial or the uh, or the uh, Casey Anthony trial or you know, Jody Reyes, all these other, like, high-profile, like, trials where, like, you go inside the courtroom and see what's going on in the courtroom. They, they, they didn't really have this uh, before the O.J. Simpson trial. I mean, like, you had, like, your high-profile, you had, like, your Ted Bundy trials and your uh, Richard Marrera's trials, but I was a I was a baby like and like a toddler when that shit was happening. I don't really remember that shit, you know. So <laughs> the OJ the OJ trial was the big one. Even like the Rodney King uh, trial, like you, I don't really remember like there being like people in the courtroom. I could be wrong. Again, I was very young at the time when that was going on as well. I don't remember going inside the courtroom like beat for beat talking about what's going on in the goddamn courtroom i don't remember that for that i remember the aftermath (laughs) very well but uh, (laughs) but i don't remember the trial very well i remember the oj simpson trial i remember that i remember that like it's yesterday that is something that will be burnt into my brain until the end of time until like the the day I croak and I'm dead and gone yeah I will always remember being like nine ten years old watching the OJ Simpson trial with my parents you know I will never forget that (laughs) I'll never forget the uh the chase I remember seeing the chase when I was a kid you know two things I will never there's two things I will never forget (laughs) seeing as a kid 
but yeah, like, this was the start of that shit, and, like, they were pretty much, I know they were pretty much, like, spoofing on this shit, of how, like, silly it is, they were trying to make, like, satire about it, uh, this would have been funny with anybody else but Pauly Shore, Pauly Shore is not the guy to do that with, because, uh, Pauly Shore in this movie is, he was just doing his Pauly Shore bullshit for, like, an hour and 30 minutes, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, they didn't execute it right, is what I want to say, they didn't execute it right, because if you would have got anybody else to do this, like, if you would have got, like, David Spade, you know, at the time, even, like, a David Spade, I think he, I think if they would have cast, like, a David Spade or something like that, he would have pulled this off, you know, because he's kind of snarky, you know, I think you need like I think you needed like a snarky guy to uh do this type of comedy. You know, if you would have got like a uh a, a Christopher Guest, if Christopher Guest made this movie and put himself in it and like all the Christopher Guest players, you know, like, like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, you know, and all those people, Michael McKeon, you know, like all the people that he usually uses, you know, in in his type of movies. If you would have did it with him, it would have worked. But using fucking Pauly Shore, not a good idea. <laughs> and it didn't turn out to be a good idea. It was a fucking terrible idea. You know, and like he was just doing his Pauly Shore bullshit, like, oh, yeah, buddy, I'm the weasel, buddy, and all this bullshit. You know? <laughs> he was still doing the weasel character. And like, I feel sorry for the rest of the actors who had to share the screen with him. You know, because Shelly Winters is in this movie for a split second. Like, you you blink and you miss her. And she was just like, because she plays his mom. She plays Paulie Shure's mom in this movie. And, like, she's, like, in this movie for maybe five minutes. And she was like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, like, get me the fuck out of this movie. Uh, She was like, I'd rather go back to do the Poseidon adventure <laughs> you know, than, than do this shit. But, uh, yeah, man, it was like, you put her through this. Uh, Abe Vigoda's in this as the judge. You know, uh, there's a there's a couple of other people in this movie. Uh, Stanley Tucci's in this movie, which Stanley Tucci's been in some bullshit. You know, but I don't think even he deserved jury duty. You know, so I don't even think he deserved this fucking movie. Like the only redeeming quality about this movie is that you get to look at Tia Carrera. You know, Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera was one of the hottest women women in the 90s, you know, like, she was one of the hottest women in the 90s, you know, like, too fucking hot, it was like, she will, like, you see her, automatically, your fucking nuts get tight, hot, you know, like, there's, like, certain women, like, automatically, your nuts get tight, you know, and you see them, and, like, you get, like, you, yo, 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 yo fucking dick just automatically get hard, you know, <laughs> Tia Carrera is one of those type of women, uh, you know, <laughs> Tia Carrera is one of those type of women. I mean, like, she, she don't look like that no more. I'm mean, like, she's still a pretty lady, but, you know, like, she got older, you know? It happens. I hate when people... I hate when people, uh... Because they got this thing called the wall, where, like, you get a woman that's, like, smoking fucking hot, and then, like, she gets older, and, like, she doesn't look like that anymore. You know? But it happens, you know? That's fucking happens, you know? Like, women get older. You know, like, they get older, they they have kids, and, like, kids 
fuck up women's bodies, you know, it's like, unless, unless you get like a plat, unless you get like plastic surgery and liposuction, that's what the fuck you gonna look like, you know, that's what the fuck you gonna look like, and I was like, don't, I'm just like, because I, I think I, I was looking at something about Tia Carrere, and it was just like, well, Tia Carrere ain't hot no more, like, yeah, she had a kid, and she's like 50, you know, <laughs> not everybody can look like fucking Selma Hayek, and we don't know how Selma Hayek looks like that, not everybody can look like fucking Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> you know, and we don't know what Jennifer look, we don't know why Jennifer Lopez looks like that, it could be plastic surgery, it could be genetics, who the fuck knows, you can't, it's like, you can't, uh, it's like you can't uh you can't uh do you can't prevent genetics is what I'm trying to say. You can't prevent genetics. And um that's what and that's what happened to her pretty much. You like you can't prevent genetics. And I'm not mad at that. You like but like she was one of the hottest women in the 90s. Uh another thing is like Another thing I hate about Pauly Shore movies is like he always plays these these losers that end up with the hot chick at the end, you know. And I hate that. I hate those type of movies. And like it's always white guys doing those movies. It's never a black guy doing that type of movie. It's like whenever a white guy plays a loser, he gets rewarded with a hot chick. Like whenever a black guy plays a loser, he gets shit on. You know, like you know he gets nothing. You know, like. But I don't want anybody to be a loser. I think that's pathetic. But you know, so, but, but still, like you're sending mixed signals. Uh, but yeah, I really ain't got shit to say about this movie. Really, it, like it was a painful watch. This is like one of the most painful movies I had to watch since Malibu's Most Wanted. Has a stupid plot. Has a stupid fucking ending. Everything about this movie is just fucking stupid. This movie is just pure trash. Gets a zero out of five for me. I'm just gonna end it. Put my put this movie out of its fucking misery. Take it behind the barn and shoot it in the head. That's it. I'm not watching this movie again. Join me next week when I talk about Rumble in the Bronx. See you guys later. Peace.